there and we'd try to push other people off. Sometimes we'd team up with a friend and we're, you know, kind of, you know, you work with each other and when their back is turned, you go, you, you can go down too. <laughs> um, we, we love this whole idea of being on, you know, being at the top of the ladder. We, we want to be king of the castle. Do you realize that even after we grow up, there's something within, within most of us, if not all of us, that still longs to be king, that still longs to be queen. Uh, I, I brought a prop with me this morning. Um, isn't it true that most of us secretly long for a crown? Secretly inside, there's something inside of us that longs to wear the crown. Now, we, don't, we, you know, we wouldn't walk around with this on our head. That would look kind of silly. Um, but we, we long to be at the top of the pile. At the top rung of the ladder. We long for all, uh, all the privileges that go along. We long for a crown. What does a crown represent? When you, when you see a crown, what, you know, what does it signify to you? Anyone? Success? Authority? Royalty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, king or queen, exactly. We think about it. Somebody important, exactly. When we think about wearing a, someone who wears a crown, we think of the power of the authority. We get to call the shots. And oh, how, how I long to call the shots. Isn't that true? Uh, I mean, it's not that I know better than everyone else, but I do. And you do. And we, right? we, we all have that thought. <laughs> if I were in charge, things would be okay, right? Um, we think of, of status. We think of privilege, of significance, that I am somebody. I'm respected. People look up to me and they, and they, they, they like me and they, or at least they, they bow to me, right? I, I have that status. And we also we think of, of comfort, of, of wealth, of, uh, of, uh, of security. If we, usually if we have one of these, well, not this one. This one we got, you know, got from the party store, so it wasn't that much. But if we had one of these that was actual gold and, you know, with all of the uh, rubies and diamonds and stuff, you know, we would have some, some, some wealth. And comfort. Usually, somebody who wears one of these, they don't go through a lot of difficulty, do they? They, you know, think they're, they're served. Everyone is looking out for them. Every, everyone, you know, pays them uh, homage, and they, they're, they're comfortable. They're, they feel secure for the most part. When I think of the crown, I often think of the of the word control. Among all, th- among uh, many other things, the the king or queen, someone who wears a crown, they get to control. They get to control so much in their own lives in the lives of other people, in their own circumstances. And oh, how I long to be in control. How I long to be in control of my life, my circumstances. That nothing will happen to me apart from what I decide. We long for a crown. Privilege, status, significance, power, control. Aren't these the things that we long for in life? We long for, for a crown. This past Sunday, we, we celebrated Palm Sunday, it, remembering the, t- the day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he was, you know, and people waved palm branches and yelled out, Hosanna, praise God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise, all hail to the Son of David, the King. Jesus rode into Jerusalem and he was hailed as a king. Now, he didn't wear a crown. At least not one like this at all. He came out simply on a donkey. But that was like one of the, one of the only times in, in Jesus' life and ministry where he was actually hailed as the one whom he was. 
Jesus is and was the king, but people didn't recognize it. But in that moment, they began, you know, some people began to see it. And he wrote in, though he was not wearing a crown, he still was king. Now, in, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul makes some interesting statements. He says this. He says that we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Think about that moment for a moment. In heaven, Jesus wore the crown. He had all power, all authority, all control, everything that went along with being king of heaven. He willingly chose to take off the crown, to set it aside. He set it aside. He, he realized he, did, he didn't need that. He wouldn't be able to use that where he was going and what he was going to be able to do. So what does Paul say? He took the humble position of a slave. We, often we think of Jesus when he washed his disciples' feet. He took the towel and he, he knelt before his disciples and he washed their feet. And Jesus washed many people's feet, didn't he? Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served as king, but to serve. I came, he says, to serve. I, the, the towel represents, you know, a, a slave or a, a servant, one who has lowly status, one who is willing to, who does what others would not choose to do, to serve others where at their point of need. And Jesus made a point of doing that. We, throughout his life, throughout his ministry, Jesus served the lost. He served the broken. He served the suffering. He served the hurt, the needy. Where, where there was a need, Jesus met that need. He humbly met that need. Jesus chose to serve. Paul goes on and says, says that when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Now, I didn't bring her along a cross, but I brought along a hammer. And we can envision the moment when the, the guards, the, you know, the soldiers took the hammer and pounded those nails into Jesus' hands and feet to the cross and lifted it up. He came to, to die. Part of why we're here is to remember that Jesus died for us. He died on the cross. He was put to death for our, our sins, for our forgiveness. But I, I was thinking about the fact that before Jesus went to the cross, something else happened to him. In, in Matthew 27, Matthew 27, verse 27, it says, Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the headquarters. Pilate had just declared that he was going to be crucified. And so they, the, the soldiers took Jesus into the headquarters, the praetorium, and, and called out the entire regiment, it says. They stripped him, and they put a, a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Something kind of like this. They put it on his head. They placed a, a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter and they knelt before him, him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! They spit on him. They grabbed the stick and they struck him on the head with that. 
I was thinking this, this, this week about how in Isaiah chapter 53, it says that, the, that he, speaking of the Messiah, was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with, with deepest grief, grief. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our, our, our sins, beaten so we could be made whole, whipped so that we could be healed. Do you realize that before his hands and feet were pierced by nails, his head was pierced by thorns? This was placed over his head. Now, I'm not going to model that for you. Um, I, you know, I, I got enough pokes putting this together. <laughs> um, but we, can you imagine what that was like? Can you imagine something like this being placed over your head and pounded down and, 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 and dug into your, your scalp, into your skin? What do thorns represent? What do thorns represent in our lives? Well, think about it. Back in, in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve ha- had sinned, they had disobeyed God, God spelled out the consequences for their disobedience. There was going to be hostility between the, the serpent and, and mankind. For women, there were going to be uh, increased pre- pain in pregnancy. There was going to be a, a struggle, a power struggle between a husband and his, and, and, and his wife over control. But then God also said to Adam, the ground is now cursed. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it, and it will grow, what did he say? Thistles and thorns. Thorns were an image of the curse, the consequence of uh, of sin. Part of that original curse, part of the consequences of living in a fallen world. And for, for many of us, thorns are an image of, uh, of suffering, of difficulty, of adversity, and of pain. Now, these came from a rose bush. And so, you know, we, 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 I appreciate the fact that the Lord gave us an understanding that with some thorns can come beauty, but we can't have roses without the thorns. Thorns are this image of, of pain and of struggle. And isn't it, isn't it true that we understand this part of life? We understand struggle. We understand frustration. We can relate to constant challenges and disappointments. We can, uh, we can relate to obstacles, to our joy and to beauty, to the irritations that wear us down. I'll tell you what, in my life, um, usually when the, when the really big challenges come along, I can handle them. Why? Because I know that I can't handle, handle it by myself, and I, I turn to God and I get his help. I know that God's going to help me through the big, the big things, the big challenges. And so I can usually, okay, I, you know, I'll take a deep breath and I'm okay at that moment. But isn't it, I find in my, in my life, what irritates me the most are the little challenges, the little frustrations, the little things, the, you know, the, the computer that doesn't work, the, you know, the, the you know, people who are driving kind of nuts around us. People who, who speak poorly to us. The, the little irritations, things that break down when they shouldn't break down. And I find myself getting so agitated by those types of things. Those are the thorns. Those are the thorns. Those little frustrations, those constant naggings, those disappointments, frustrations. And I find in my own, in my own life, um, as those circumstances build up over time, I get more and more agitated, more and more frustrated, and I, uh, I get angry because I can't control it. I can't make it go away. And in those moments, I question, Lord, why are you letting me get annoyed? 
Why are you doing this to me? The thorns so often represent the pain, the frustration, the, the struggles, the little irritations. As part of Easter, we've come together to remember that Jesus died for us. He died for our sins on a cross. He died so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free from guilt and sin and shame. By his death on the cross, he overcame all of that. But let us not forget, not only did Jesus die for us, scriptures tell us that he also suffered for us. He he took the crown of thorns. He became one of us, and he experienced the pain the struggle, the irritation that that all of us do as human beings. He understands disappointments and weariness. He experienced rejection and mockery. He experienced isolation and loneliness. He experienced poverty and hunger and thirst. He he experienced all of the struggles and pains that we do. So when we visualize the crown of thorns, as we visualize it being placed on Jesus' head, The thorns piercing his scalp and causing blood to run deep uh, down his face and neck. We see Jesus understands my suffering. Jesus understands my pain. He understands the struggles that I go through day, day to day. I mean, let's think about it. If, you know, if someone were to threaten our, you know, our, our loved ones, say, with a gun, Moses would not think we would immediately step in front. We'd be willing to take the bullet. I would die for someone I love, right? That, hopefully, that would, if we were to die, we would, it would happen instantaneously, immediately, right? Just, just done and over with. Death can come quickly. How many of us would willingly choose to suffer? To suffer the agony and pain and, and all that Jesus experienced? How many of us would, would take on? See, suffering can, go, ha, can last for a long time. Death, done, and we're in God's presence. Suffering can seem like a lifetime. Jesus understands our struggle. I love love the words of Hebrews chapter 4. Jesus, our high priest, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will find his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. You know, we ever hear someone say, you know, use a phrase, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We, you know, we, we, you know, we see perhaps, a, you know, some, some event, uh, you know, some terrible, horrific event happening around the world and, and someone on, on Facebook will say, Lord, have mercy for the people of, the, of this place. Right? And often we think of mercy and grace simply to do with sin. And yet mercy and grace also apply to the consequences of sin, to the thorns, to the suffering, to the pain. When we say, Lord, have mercy, we're saying, Lord, would you be merciful to them? Would you deliver them? Would you comfort them? Would you have compassion on them? Would you help them, strengthen them, sustain them in in this moment of, of trial? Would your grace be upon them? Not just, not, not forgiveness. Some, some of the thi- many of the things that we experience that are suffering, we've done nothing to, you know, to deserve it, right? It's simply part of life. And so we pray, Lord, have mercy. Lord, may your grace be available to me. I need your strength to get through this because I know I won't make it on my own. 
And the, the writer of the Hebrews says, that's the kind of God whom we have. Who invites us to come boldly. Say, Mark, you, you know, I, I know you're struggling. Come. I'll give, uh, you know, my, my mercy will be with you. My grace will be upon you. I will help you. I, you know, I, I will carry you through. The Lord says, I will give you the, the encouragement, the hope that you need in that moment. So we can understand as we look at the crown of thorns, Jesus died for us. He suffered for us. He understands. He understands what it means to suffer. But there's a further application that, you know, that Scripture gives us. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter says this, God called you to, to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. Peter says, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. Uh, you know, I really wish that as followers of Jesus, we were immune to suffering. Any, anyone with me on that one? Uh, uh, you know, there, some, there, and there are some people who would believe that, who would have, have that sense, well, if, if I'm a follower of Jesus, everything's going to be good. There's no, no suffering. That is furthest from the truth. You know, Jesus himself warned us, in this world, we're going to have trouble. In this world, we're going to experience suffering and pain and persecution and challenge, and it's going to hurt. We're not going to like it. And there are times when, when simply doing the right thing, doing good, is going to result where we're going to suffer. Others will not understand. Others will, re- will reject us, will, will treat us poorly because, of, because we're following the way of Jesus. And what does Peter say? Jesus suffered for us, setting an example for us to follow. So perhaps in that moment, the, the, the question or the prayer is not, Lord, get me out of this. I, although I think the Lord is okay if we pray that. <laughs> perhaps it's, Lord... What is it that you, you want and need to accomplish through this suffering, through this experience? What is it that you need to do in and through my life to bring glory to yourself? I want to follow the way of Jesus. I'm willing to suffer for you if necessary to bring glory to Jesus. All of a sudden, the, the attention becomes, is off of me, and it's all about me, but Lord, this suffering may be about you, or it may be about somebody else. And if that's your purpose, I'm willing to suffer. Those are hard words to pray, isn't it? Those are hard words to, 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 to get it out of our mouths because we want to say every ounce of our being, Lord, stop. <laughs> Take it away. We can imagine that when Jesus was on the cross, there were moments when he was thinking, I hope this is over soon. Jesus took the nails. He took the, the, the crown of thorns. He bore that for our sake so that we could be forgiven, so we could be cleansed, but also so that we could look to him as our source of hope, as our, our source of strength. Again, Hebrews chapter 12 I'm sure you know, I barely need to word, say these words. We, we're, you know, the writer says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. It is because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. The writer says, think of all the hostility endured, then you won't become weary and give up. When we're struggling, when we're having a hard time with the thorns in our lives, the writer says, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. 
not as your example, as your source of strength, as your source of grace. And trust that, you know, that, and, and follow his example, looking beyond the moment, beyond the suffering in this mo- in exact moment to what God has in store for us. I want to read one more scripture for you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Peter says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. Don't you and I need that promise this morning? Don't you and I need to be reminded that after we suffer for a little while, now what a little while in our perspective may be different than God's perspective. <laughs> but the promise is there that after we have suffered, He will support, restore, and strengthen you. And He'll, play, and he'll give you a firm place to stand. Where does this hit, hit you this morning? Where does this intersect with your life today? Well, for some of us, a day like today, we need to be reminded once again that we are forgiven through the life and death of Jesus Christ. That all guilt, shame can be put aside under the blood of Christ. That he has done everything that we need to be made right with God and to have have fellowship with him and have, have hope for the future. Many of us, we need to be in that place. Some of us today, we're in that place of suffering. And I would ask you this morning, what is the struggle that's weighing you down today? What thorns are causing you pain today? What thorns are, 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 are poking you and irritating you and agitating you and causing you to feel so down you just don't know if you want to continue? If you're in that place of suffering and struggle today, I would encourage you, remind you the fact, Jesus understands. He just knows what you're feeling. He has walked through it. He's made it through it. And he cares. And he will bring you through by the power of his spirit. I think there might be one more application, and it's this. For some of us, we've been striving for the crown. We've been striving for everything that this represents. Power, control, security, comfort, wealth, status. And I wonder if the, you know, if the Lord might be asking us today to lay aside the crown and be willing to take up the towel or the crown of thorns for his sake, for his honor, for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I thank you that Jesus died for us and on the way to dying for us, he suffered for us. And we can't imagine the degree of of suffering he experienced. But I thank you that we can find hope in his suffering. 
that we can look to Him as our example and be willing to, to walk in the way of suffering. To share in the fellowship of, of suffering as, as Paul talked about. So Lord, for, for those of us here this morning who are struggling with, with different irritants in life, different challenges and obstacles, for those of us who are having a hard time with the suffering in our lives, I, I do pray and ask that you would give us hope. That you would remind us that there is an end in sight. That as we look to Jesus, we will be able to see beyond this moment and see the hope of what is yet to come. Lord, may we humble ourselves and walk in the way of Jesus. And Lord, for any of us who are struggling, especially today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us here in this moment and would begin the process of restoring and renewing us, of healing us, of helping us. Would you grant us the strength that we need to continue to endure under all this hardship. And Lord, may we not go after the crown, but may we, like Jesus, take up the towel and be willing to serve you and to serve others and be willing to experience whatever you, you bring our way for your sake, for your purposes, and for your glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.